Hi, my name is Andrew, and this is your Daily Nerd Devo. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him, Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Matthew chapter 4 marks the entry point into Jesus' public ministry. It is also one of two reports, the other in Luke 4, where we find out that Jesus was subject to temptation by the devil. Now, whether or not the devil personally appeared to Jesus, or whether he appeared to him in the way he does to us, the small, quiet voice inside constantly questioning us, is almost immaterial to the fact that he faced the same doubts and trials that we faced. His temptations, like ours, are all good things. Feed yourself, and by extension others. Make a public spectacle of your divinity so there is no doubting you are who you claim to be, and become Lord of Lords of the Earth. I mean, 
those are all things we would expect a saviour to do. In fact, they're still, in some ways, called upon today. But we see in chapter 4 that God's kingdom, that Jesus as king, functions in ways that flouts the powers that be. Jesus will do all the things he's tempted with, but rather than Satan's shortcut, he takes the harder, obedient road. All three temptations are accomplished with God as the central figure, not separated out. It is ultimately, from our fleshly point of view, the more stressful and strenuous way. The entire rest of the Gospels is about how Jesus ascends the throne of heaven and earth through submission to death. Pastor Brian Zahn states that the cross is not what God inflicts upon Christ in order to forgive. The Christ is what God endures in Christ as he forgives. And Colossians 1, 19 through 20 state, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. God's kingdom is upside down compared to the ideas of power in the world. Rule through force? No, rule through self-sacrificial love. Fight for my rights? No, love your neighbor as yourself. Eye for an eye. No, love your enemies. His upside-down kingdom populates its key posts with fishermen and tax collectors, not kings and wise men. And his message was spread through meeting physical needs and counterpoint to that first temptation. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, and love are the prime virtues of his kingdom. Not thriftiness, not power, not patriotism, not wealth, not justice. Those are all, to a degree, good things. But the means matters, as it shows exactly what sort of end we will arrive at. And one that is removed from Christ in both word and deed is destined to be no different from the rest of the world. After all, it is by your love that they shall know we are his. That's all the time we have for today. If you want to hear more nerdy devos every weekday, hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also come hang out with us on our Facebook group, The Nerd of God Squad. I'm Andrew for the Daily Nerd Devo, and remember to be awesome in the name of Christ. See you, Space Cowboy.